there is something in Adventism that just works on my nerves. Have you ever heard somebody saying, Happy Sabbath? Really? You know, if Jesus would, would come here today, you wouldn't say Happy Sabbath. So I want to greet you like Jesus would greet you. And uh, you greeted somebody already. Somebody greeted you and said, Salam Alaikum. And then what do you say? That is the Middle Eastern way. Okay? And to you. They're saying, so if Jesus would come here, he would say, Shabbat Shalom. And you would say, Shalom Shabbat. Can we say that? Shabbat Shalom. Okay. You will notice whenever the Apostle Paul, he writes to a church, he says, grace and peace. Did you notice that? Every single, to the seven churches, he says, grace and peace. But when he writes to a pastor, do you know what happens? He says, grace, mercy, and peace. Mercy is what I need. I'm delighted and excited to have been invited by my, I almost said old friend, everyone like that, by my friend Alan. Uh, he called me and he said, will you? And I said, yes. I mean, we have been blessed by Belleville Church. Alison will, is my first witness. We, you know, when it's, I called Colin Lawrence yesterday and I said, you know, it's two hours since I've had this Shabbat Shalom greetings, you know, from my church. And I said, so tomorrow afternoon I can watch the Crystal Palace. And he said, no, not in South Africa. And, but... I said all that just to say that, that um, if you fall asleep, it's because I'm falling asleep. My body clock is out of, just out of order, but we are delighted to be here. We enjoy Belleville from week to week on your live streaming, and uh, we just love the music. We just love the music. The melody of praise, as the Sabbath school uh, uh, told us this morning, the melody of praise is the atmosphere of heaven. And uh, when we come here, um, you should say like they say of New Zealand, you're just coming into God's backyard. You know, when you come to Belleville, you, you know, you can almost hear the, the rustling of angels' wings as the song says. Belleville is a beautiful place and I thank you and I thank you and I <clears throat> thank you. I'd like to thank the Sabbath school team. Um, they were sitting kind of on the side, I... I had to crane my neck a little bit, but I'll have some massage later. But I want to thank them. I want to thank Ernest. Ernest is still very earnest, right? Yeah. Ernest Adams, thank you so much for the lesson that you did in super quick time. We'll have to come back for the other, you know, for the real version. I want to thank the praise team and Lisa accompanying them. Um, just thank you. You know, there's, uh, there's a family in the Old Testament. A and that was the gift music. 
And uh, in many places, do they pay the musicians here? Okay, they pray for the musicians here at Balbo. But um, you play as though you paid. And I know your favorite song is Jesus Paid It All. But thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I want to thank uh, Elvira and Roly. Elvira's Auntie Liz is the kind, ne? And if you go to Mama's, but she's the Elvira and the other one is Vira. Right? It was a pro. Right? I want to thank you to us, just pleasant, sitting next to you. And uh, I don't know what to say about Roly. But Roly was our man for a long time. You could play a little bit of football. <laughs> Quite a bit, yeah. Yeah, some, some souvenirs of our playing days. But we'll talk about that later. So I want to thank you. Thank you for sharing the platform with me. I want to thank Pastor Andre Kyle, sir. Where is he? Sitting way at the back. In our church, if you sing, you have to sit in front. But uh, we forgive you today. But uh, I want to thank you so much. I want to thank you so much. And uh, we've been talking about you. Um, you know Pastor Ivan Woodman? Yep, he is in, in the South New Zealand Conference. Uh, yeah, he is on the most beautiful part, part of this planet. It's almost like Cape Town, but a whole, you know, old South Island. You can go snowing in the winter, uh, skiing in the winter, and uh, doing all sorts of things, fishing in the summer, all those kinds of things. But you know, you went into ministry feet first. And you know, as he came into Den Eden, he is pastoring the university church in Den Eden, University of Otago. And I told him the best theological seminary in New Zealand is right at Otago. So I trust that he'll be starting his master's before long. But uh, immediately, he took 30 young people, little place, Dun Eden, not too little, but little, the church. He took 30 young people to Queenstown for the youth weekend. And um, it has never happened. So keep on praying for him. I know he's related vicariously or by birth uh, to this church through the Woodmans. Uh, and by the way, you better take good care of the Woodmans because they're our kin, our family. But I bring you greetings from my family. I have one wife. She, I accompanied her. And uh, I have one son. He's a missionary in Korea. I have one daughter. Um, she's at home with two very unhappy grandchildren. I have one grandson. He's a sportsman. As Alan knows, I have one granddaughter. And she has my heart, my passwords, my everything. And I have one son-in-law. And um, we're, just, uh, we're just having fun in the process. I bring greetings from all of them. Bring you greetings from the Henderson Church. And I just want to do something with you that we do at Anderson Church from time to time. Can you say after me? Everybody, 
Say there is no other place like this place. Anywhere near this place. So this must be the place. The place of praise. The place of prayer. The place of blessing. Can you say that? There's no other place like this place, anywhere near this place. So this must be the place. And on Sabbath morning when I get up, I stand up and I say, Now it's time to share the word of God to the people of God in the house of the Lord on the day of the Lord. And they will say, Blessed be the name of the Lord. And then they say, I say, There's no other place. And then they will finish it. And uh, you should be proud of this place. Because this is sacred soil. This is God's space. It's a sacred space. And it's your place, your house. It's your house. Memory is an amazing thing. In fact, forgettery is on the increase just as well. When I was young, about 70 years ago, when I was a teenager, um, we, 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 we memorized phone numbers. We memorized phone numbers. I know Ray Perry. Uh, I knew his phone number. Don't ask me today. He used to bring us chocolates when he would come to executive committee meetings. It's good to worship with you today. But, but I knew his phone number. I knew most of yours phone numbers. <clears throat> In fact, our phones were at home. They were wired to a wall or a socket or connection. And, um, and, and if you, there were no private phone calls in many homes. If you had a phone call, everybody knew your business. But, um, but there was a time when we could remember things like that. <clears throat> Today, if you ask me for my phone number, I have to do, <coughs> I have to do a, I have to do a second take, but um, forgettery is becoming a fine art. Audacity.com, audacity.com, they did a survey, and um, <clears throat> uh, the survey found that the average person has 332 forgetful moments every year. That's about six a week. Here are 10 of the most common things we forget. And you can check yourself before you wreck yourself, right? As we go through this. Number one, our passwords. Have you ever forgotten a password? You know, I have a generic one. And I'm tired of new passwords. Forgot my password. Number two, what we need at the grocery store. Have you gone, ever gone into the grocery store? <clears throat> and... You shop like I shop? You know, I, I shop. You know what I see, I take. Alison has a list on her phone. I hate lists. Number three, where our keys are. Have you ever lost your keys, Calvin? Okay, you have a witness next to you. Right? Walking into a room and forgetting why we walked in there. <laughs> Never happened? <laughs> okay. Don't laugh too loudly. Number five, people's names after you've been introduced. 
Have you ever been at a party, they introduce you, and you, you go around meeting people, meeting and greeting, and you come back, and you say, hi. <laughs> Alan used to tell me he's glad at church, they say brother and sister, because he forgets half of your names anyway. <clears throat> but having a word on the tip of your tongue, and you can't remember it. And then forgetting where you put your pen. Forgetting what day it is. When you spell days, D-A-Z-E. Number nine, forgetting to take something out of the freezer to defrost it. Have you ever driven to work? And your wife said to you, did you take that out of the freezer? Okay, and, um, and the last one, number ten, forgetting where you put your phone. Because people don't use the remote controls anymore. Do people still watch TV? Everybody's on devices. But forgetting someone's name is the most embarrassing thing to forget, according to the poll. Your significant other's birthday is next, and your anniversary is third. Robert Frost, Robert Frost said that a wise man, all, a wise man always remembers his wife's birthday and always forgets which one it is. Dale Cohn, Dale Cohn, when you study mnemonics, the art of memory, Dale Cohn, he said that people remember 10% of what they read. People remember 10% of what they read. That's why exams, they don't make sense. Or do they? I'm looking at professors and teachers. But 10% of what they read, people remember 20% of what they hear. People remember 30% of what they see, and 50% of what they hear and see. But people remember 70% of what they say and write. What they say and write. That's why we study with music. Okay, we're talking to ourselves. Our parents think we're crazy, but that's just the way we study. Okay? Our kids, they had... They could multitask before there was the term multitask. But people remember 90% of what they do. And I imagine Jesus peering down the telescope of history yet unborn. He looked at Cone and he looked at his research that was yet to be written. And he looked at his disciples. And he says to his disciples, and by extension to us, do this in remembrance of me. Do this in remembrance of me. And then the greatest of them all becomes the servant of them all. See my Jesus. See my Jesus. The disciples had walked a long way. The Palestinian, uh, the Middle Eastern, I said Palestinian because the Palestinians belong in the Middle East, but the Palestinians, they, 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 the sand is very, very fine. It is, it is not like Belleville sand. Belleville sand is thick and clumpy. In Palestine, it's, it's fine. 
And those of you who have traveled there, you will know that it gets in everywhere. It was so fine that when he wrote the sins, you know, of those stone carriers, you know, the, 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 the light summer zephyrs of wind would blow the record away. Our Jesus, is uh, a God of grace, even in his reprimands. And so he writes, and, and, and it was this sand, this sand that would get in everywhere. And, and, and have you ever been in a locker room at a stadium? You know, it's not the body odor that kills you. It's the foot odor that kills you. Incidentally, the only part of your body that touches terra firma, that touches the planet, your feet, is your feet, is your feet. And, and so Jesus, the greatest of them all, he gets down, he takes some water, he takes a bowl, he takes a towel, he girds it around him, ties it around his waist, and he gets down and he starts washing their feet, their stinking feet, their dirty feet, some with sores on them, some with scabs on them. He washed their feet. And so Jesus says, do this in remembrance of me. And there were many times that I didn't feel like having my feet washed at church. What's with that? But you know, if you understand what you understand, what you understand, you will understand that it is a good thing. It's a beautiful thing. To wash Lisa's feet and to hold those feet in your hand and to pray. Lord, I pray for these feet. And I pray that you'll bless these feet as they follow the nail-pierced feet along life's journey until the day that these feet will stand on sea of glass. And these feet will move as the eye is connected to these feet. They look and they see the feet of him of whom they said how lovely on the mountain are the feet of him who brings good news. They see the nail pierced feet pierced for our redemption. It's a very personal thing. It's a very pointed thing. And we're going to invite everyone, everyone, to find someone, to find someone. Because as a Christian, you're just a nobody whose job is to tell everybody about somebody who can save anybody. And so we're going to find someone and we're going to just do what he asked. Do this in remembrance of me.